If I was you, I'd run If I was you, I'd hide If I was you, I'd be afraid Afraid of what's inside If I was you, I'd run If I was you, I'd hide If I was you, I'd be afraid Welcome to Wednesday Comics. To my right, AP18 himself. Alex, how you doing? Hello, everybody. I'm doing well. To my left, uh, Garrett, how you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, GW himself. I almost said Alex again. Uh, I felt it. I, I could feel it yeah. coming. Yeah. So I, I. That's why I said Garrett and I say GW right away, and I apologize for that. As I apologize for everything. <laughs> That I do in my life. Wednesday Comics Podcast. My name is Marvin. We're here to tell you about the comics coming out for the week of the last week of August. Um, September, here we come. Alrighty, guys. September, here we come. Um, and uh, not only September, here we come. Uh, it looks like a very weak week of comics coming out this week. Uh, but we'll get into that a little bit later. Guys, I forgot last episode. You know, two weeks ago, I made the big proclamation uh, uh, the declaration, excuse me, um, that it was Halloween time, as I found out by going to the store, right? <laughs> it was Halloween time a little early, and that's when they start celebrating, so we were going to celebrate Halloween until it actually happens, uh, and then we will discard it just like they do with all the, the Halloween candy. You won't be in full Christmas mood. Uh, and so we never did anything Halloween-related last week. But, you know, we read a little that Texas Blood, and when you learn about a little bit about the, about the devil and the occult, right? A little about the Mayan sacrificing, right? And, uh, if, you know, got in the mood again. And then there comes that song I just played. Who knows? Sounds like you're possessed. And, uh, guys, I was like, you know what? Let's do a little game up top here, right? Two weeks ago, we did a game with the uh, horror movie themes in which uh, uh, Garrett uh, beat Alex. Barely, though. Alex did come back at the end, and <laughs> I figured um, this time around, I would test your knowledge a little bit more about these horror movies, uh, so much so that these are what uh, some people consider the most iconic quotes from horror films, and I will play some of them. And I will give, it'll be like last time. I'm going to give some to Alex and give some to Garrett. Uh, let's see here. Not going to make it as long as last time. So I'm going to give you guys each four. And then there's going to be a tiebreaker. At the end here. So uh, Alex, you know, since you lost last game, I will give you the choice. Do you want to go first? Or do you want to go second? Uh, why does he get to choose? I won. Because he lost. He's at a disadvantage. Already at a disadvantage anyway, Garrett. You're going to know most of these movies anyway. Ready? Yeah, let's do it. What Number did you say? One. You want to go first or second? Hey, his uh, outburst made me not listen. Sorry, I interrupted. <laughs> I'll go first. Okay, here we go. Uh, here's Alex going first. God damn it. <laughs> Once again, it's, it's playing off with the wrong thing. I'll fix it here in literally two seconds. 
going to say, is it going to be Arnold reading all the quotes off? No, it is on the right one. So why is it not playing? All right, let's try it again. No, it's not going to be Arnold reading the quotes. Well, that would have been good. I didn't think about that. <laughs> um, why are you not playing? On the actual thing? Here we go. I'll do this. What a disaster. <laughs> it literally is set to play through the board and it's not doing it. I wonder why. Um, let me check. Yeah, Alex, what's your favorite horror movie? I don't even know Buy if me I have some a time favorite right horror now. movie. Buy me some goddamn time. <laughs> well, but, guys, you know what? There's not. I don't think the last horror movie I even watched was uh, Hush. The one where the deaf girl Ooh. lives out in the woods. I like that one. I like, I liked it, but that's the last one I watched is with you guys. However Wasn't many, that, two years that was ago. With, huh? Oh, shit. Because we watched it at my house. Oh, yeah. So that's like, the last time I've actually watched one. I made the joke about Babadook. Never saw it. Uh, probably the last one I remember even watching was, what's the one with the, the uh, Ethan Hawke is watching videos? Sinister. Sinister? Okay, I watched Sinister, and I think it was probably with one of you two, if not both of you. No, I maybe not. I don't recall. All right, can we test, test? Here, uh, here's a test one. Can you hear this? I yes. live in the weak and the wounded. I am. Okay, cool. I'm going to have to do it this way. I had cut them up, so that way you wouldn't hear like the next one and stuff like that. But those cut-ups will not, for some reason, play... Um, through the board so everybody can hear them and, and the show can hear them. So we're going to have to do it with the, the clip here and I'm going to have to pause and, and play all the time. But here, Alex, here's your first one again. Yeah, you can ignore that. Uh, right here. Ready, get set, go. They will say that I have shed innocent blood. What's blood for if not for shedding? That's your first one right there. What movie is that from? It's a All very, the time. it's a very iconic voice. Well, can't be that iconic, but I'm not sure. Uh, let's go with Nightmare on Elm Street. Nightmare on Elm Street. Is that the sequel that takes place over Zoom? Nightmare on Elm Street. You know it. Uh, you know what? Let's play it like last time. That is incorrect. So Garrett, you will get uh, a shot here. So, are we saying titles or the character from... Titles! What the fuck are we talking okay. about okay. here? Okay, okay. Characters. Hellraiser. Hellraiser. No, it's not Hellraiser. Uh, Alex, I'm going to play it again. You get one chance. That I have shed innocent blood. What's blood for? If not for shedding. What's that from? Every time it's something you say, shit blood. We're good. <laughs> Gross. Um, yeah. You guys got some personal problems. I don't know. Um, Wrong. Yeah. It's from Candyman. There you go. Never uh, seen it. Yeah, I haven't seen Christ. it either. Say it three times. Right now, Garrett. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Let's play games. Jesus Christ. 
Uh, here's your next one, Garrett. Or here's your first mm-hmm. one, Garrett. I like it. There's nothing to worry about. You're going to be just fine. I'm your number one fan. She just goes. What movie is that from? Uh, number one fan. Uh, oh, um, uh, Friday Thirteenth. Incorrect. Alex, I'm gonna go with swim fan. Incorrect. I thought the same thing, but the voice sounded too. There you go, Gary. You another look, another taste of it. Nothing to worry about. You're gonna be just fine. I'm your number one fan. All right. I'm going to go Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, wrong. Damn. That is Misery. Misery. Oh, that shit. Sucks. That's like, I know I've heard this one before. I'm your number one fan. Stephen King. I'm pretty sure your brother loves that, that movie. I'm going to have to tell him. You don't yeah. know it. Uh, Alex, here you go. Here's your second one. She just goes... A little mad sometimes. Cool. <laughs> uh, psycho. It is wow. indeed Psycho. There you go. God, that's one I was going to pick. Damn it. There you go, Alex. 1-0. The man is up, up, up. Uh, but here comes uh, Garrett. What is that? She's exorcist? Incorrect. Alex, you want to take a shot? Oh. I'm going to go with gremlins. Incorrect. Garrett, here, get another chance at it. Child's play. Incorrect. Uh, that is Black Christmas. I've never seen that. Black Christmas. Uh, two. I oh, was zero. Excuse me. One to zero. One to zero. I was going to say two wrong, but we're not counting wrongs here. Um. Uh, one to zero. You know, Black Christmas has the uh, very iconic line uh, in it that goes, uh, the call is coming from inside the house. You know that? You know that quote? Uh, nope. I mean, I've heard of that line, Jesus. but no, I didn't know it's from that. You guys better bro- buckle the fuck up for the next two months we're doing Halloween shit. You guys got to <laughs> watch these movies. I know, Gary, you get scared at, 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 at a snake coming in your room. But, yep. And... Uh, Garrett, for instance, remember when we when I was playing a horror game and you just were in the room, you were jumping more than I was. Dude, I got oh the PT trailer. Fuck man, that was that was some good old horror for sure. Yeah, yeah PT is terrified. pretty freaky, and even Outlast is freaky. I think weren't oh, you playing Outlast, Marvin? There you go. Were you? You know, I was curious why I was uh, peaking uh, audio-wise, and I think one of my sons came in here and uh, messed with my audio things, because uh, it was all the way up. <laughs> Anyways, uh, what did you say, Alex? Didn't you play Outlast as well? Yeah, I did. That's not that scary. 
kind of, I mean, it's creepy. It's frightening, but yeah, not as scary. Yeah. Um. Alex, here's your next one. There, Mr. Bennell. How do you know my name? I didn't tell you my name. Hang up. I didn't tell them my name. They're all a part of it. They're all pods, all of them. There you go. What is that? Um. Crap, what is it called? I can think of Body Snatchers, but I can't remember what the first part of that one is. The Invasion of the Body Snatchers? Correct, it is. Alex! What the fuck? Don't call it a comeback. All right. Thank you. So far, 2-0. He said don't call it a comeback. Comeback. Uh, uh, two to zero. Alex, I am very surprised. Do you know that movie? Or you just know from the context of the, the word said. Uh, just from the word said. Ooh. How do you know my name? I didn't tell you my name. Hang up. I didn't tell them my name. They're all a part of it. They're all pods, all of them. Uh, there you go. Invasion of the Body Snatchers, a uh, movie with Donald Sutherland, 1978. This is obviously the remake. It's not the original one. Um, Donald Sutherland, uh, father of who? Keeper Sutherland. Old, old 24, yeah. There you go. Uh, Garrett, here's your next one. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Correct. There you go. Woo! There you go. Um, Alex, here you go. Don't be afraid. No. Be afraid. Be very afraid. Halloween. Incorrect. Garrett. Hmm. Jesus Christ. <laughs> what I'm thinking. No, you took a deep breath and you blew air into your mic. Oh, so it was like, it was like, like a nuke went off with you. I just got <laughs> sad. You were just like, um, nuke. You got sad, you said? Said it again. I said I just got stabbed. Oh. Um. Friday 13th. Incorrect. Alex, here you go again. I'm afraid! Don't be afraid! No. Be afraid. Be very afraid. You just can't let them... Well, not that next one. It ends up being very afraid. <laughs> um, Hellraiser. Incorrect. It is The Fly. The Fly. Uh, never seen it. Two to one. Two to he's, one. He's scary looking. Uh, that's a gross movie, yeah. That is a gross movie. Doesn't it have Jeff Goldblum in it? Jeff Goldblum himself. I watched Jurassic Park with my kids the other day. Uh, first off, too scary for a two-year-old, if you're wondering. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe just a tad. He, he is literally the one that wanted to watch it. I told him, no, it's too scary. And he's like, no, I want to watch it. So, I, you know, we learn from our mistakes. And so we put on the movie. Uh, not me learning from my mistake. He'll learn from his mistake for requesting it. And uh, oh. we put it on the television, and it was too scary, so he asked me to shut it off. And then I would shut it off, and he would be like, turn it back on. And so we literally finished the movie that way. Um, <laughs> he, he would get scared, yes, but then he'd be like, I got to see the rest. So 
Um, He's dedicated. That's good. And I would tell you what, the only thing that scared him in that movie was the Raptors. He was fine with everything else, the T-Rex, everything. Um, he loved the T-Rex uh, destroying those cars and killing that guy. Um, but when the Raptors came out, uh, he was not happy with that. Um, Just wait till he sees uh, Jurassic Park 3. Alan! Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. Alan! <laughs> um, but you know what really got his blood pumping and he got excited and he, he yelled, yes. This is a two-year-old I'm telling you, by the way. Guess what scene? When the T-Rex fights the raptors at Yeah, the end. when he saves them and he kills all the raptors. He he was like uh he was like T-Rex is the good guy. And I was like, hmm, I guess so. <laughs> In this context. But remember uh about an hour ago he was trying to eat them. So uh let's remember, context is key. So uh anyways, Gary, here's your last one. Did I play it already? No, I can't hear it. No, I know. No. It played partially through that first one, though, or that last one. Oh, okay. Um, that's why it was a little bit ahead. Here we go. What do we do? Why don't we just wait here for a little while? See what happens. The thing. It is indeed the thing. I fucking love that movie. Oh, I didn't know you. Did we watch it together? Yeah, we watched it together. Oh. You showed it to me for the first time. I didn't. I couldn't remember if it was you or somebody else. Anyways, there we go. Two two tiebreaker. I guess we'll need it. Um, here is what I'm going to ask instead, and and um, uh, for everybody at home, we're going to take these two on their honor system. Uh, I'm going to play the clip. You uh, write down or have an answer. You cannot change. I'm trusting you 100. percent uh, and then we'll reveal what you guys think it is. And I'll tell you whether or not you both or who got it right. All right? Understand? Are we sending Are we sending you a message or what do you mean? So maybe we should send you a message so at least you can judge that it's on our system. All right. Text me then. Okay. Um, let me uh, get this up here for you. Okay. Um, uh, ready? Yep, yep. Oop, oop, oop. Not that part. I didn't right here, here it is. Didn't mean to startle you. Oh, it's all right. You know, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare, huh? There you go. <laughs> I need exact titles. All right? Whoa. Play the clip again. To startle you? Oh, it's all right. You know, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare, huh? Mm-hmm. Not, that, not that person at the end there. That's the exercise. Don't take for an exorcism. <laughs> the first part. It ends with good, everybody needs to get, uh, get to the free scare. What, what the fuck you just said? Here we go. Here goes. I didn't mean to startle you. Oh, it's all right. You know, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare, huh? All right. I got the answers here. Let's take a look. We do have a winner. 
We indeed do have a winner. Um, Alex, what did you say? Trick or treat. Trick or treats. Garrett, what did you say? Halloween. Halloween. Just because it said Halloween in the, the quote? That sounded like Jamie Lee Curtis. And it was. You are correct. Garrett wins his Woo! game. Wins the second uh, Halloween games of 2021. Uh, the Rigged. 60 days of Halloween. <laughs> More than 60 days. It's like 70 days. But I also skipped a week, so we're going to say 60 days. Boom. All yeah. right. Hey, that is my favorite horror franchise. Halloween? Halloween? So. Mm-hmm. Getting ready for some uh, Halloween, Halloween kills this year. Halloween uh, 2. Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Not 3, Season of the Witch. Halloween, um, is it the fourth one, Return of Michael Myers? Yep, and then H2O? Curse. Or no, it's Revenge of Michael Myers and Curse of Michael Myers, I think. Mm-hmm. Then the 20th anniversary was H2O. And then Freddy, oh no, that's a different franchise. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then, yeah, obviously, uh, all the Rob Zombie, let's not forget, two Rob Zombie movies. And then yeah. uh, now the uh, um, Seth ah. Rogen movie. Seth Rogen? No, no, no. We've had this conversation. Not Seth Rogen. Um, the other guy can see his face. I know he, he's in the Fit way. He is in Land Before Time. He oh, is uh, Danny McBride. Gordon Gre- yeah. And yeah, David Gordon Green and Danny McBride. For some reason, yep. I keep thinking that Seth Rogen is involved. I keep thinking it's Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, but it would never be. It would never be those. <laughs> it, it would be a comedy, obviously. Um, even though they did do Green Hornet, did they not? If I remember correctly, I think they did. Pretty sure. Um, which I guess, in a way, is kind of a little bit of comedy. I never actually saw the whole thing, but I've seen parts of it, and I guess they were trying. I'm trying to read a comedy. Uh, Wednesday Comics, comic book's coming out this week, and uh, we're not going to waste your time anymore. Uh, we're going to let you know what's coming out this week, even though it is very, very sparse. As I stated before, I did look at the next month. We have five Wednesdays, so they decided the first Wednesday they were going to you know, short uh, the first Wednesday. That way, the rest of them would be action-packed. I don't know if that's true, but I'm going to say that. Uh, you know, Alex, you know, that's how it works. They give you a little bit of taste, get you hooked, and then you're off for the rest of the month. Uh, well, first taste you'll get is Firepower with number 15 by Robert Kirkman and Chris Samney, Matthew Wilson. Uh, Garrett, what do we think? Uh, love Firepower. I mean, you think this new arc would break me because we literally have snakes in every issue. But thankfully, Chris Samney draws a mighty fine cartoon snake. So uh, no scares there. But uh, yeah, the dynamic in the family is very interesting, um, especially with Lin Zhang coming in and... Uh, trying to uh i don't know she's trying to get like what she needs emotionally but like owen's got his family to worry about so that's gonna be an interesting emotional dynamic and then in the background we got uh the snake thing infesting peeps all over so uh interesting to see what's gonna happen but loving firepower art and story there you go the firepower uh, but let's go over to the Black Hammer Reborn, Jeff Lemire and Caitlin Yarsky, uh, number three. Uh, Alex, what do we think here? You know what? It is so nice to be back in the Black Hammer realm that any any book coming out makes me excited to read it. Just for the fact that we have spent now, what, at least six years 
doing this Black Hammer story, the first two volumes, and all the back stuff to add into the world, uh, you'd be missing out if you're not reading this. Obviously, you do need to catch up on that if you so choose, but Black Hammer Reborn has been fantastic since the get-go. I mean, we're only three issues in, but it's nice to get back into that Black Hammer, Hammer realm. Dark Ages number one is from Marvel Comics. Tom Taylor, Ivan Cachello. Uh, uh, this is what the Watcher has been waiting for. A danger older than Earth threatens everything. For once, the heroes who have been, who have saved the planet so many times are now powerless to save it. X-Men and Avengers Assemble. Spider-People and Fantastic Four come together. Heroes for Hire fight along champions. None of it will ever be the same. By the way, hold on a second it says here, for once, the heroes who save the planet so many times are powerless to the face of it, which I assume is every event. But then they act like X-Men and Avengers assemble. Spider-People and Fantastic Four come together. Heroes for hire fight alongside champions. Like, like, like that's never happened before. Like, they've never all teamed up. Anyways, none of it will be... By the way, this is all bullet points once again, and these are not bullet points. None of it will be <laughs> enough. The lights are about to go out. Get it, Dark Ages? The world outside of our window is about to end. What? Oh, the world's about to end outside of that. I thought it meant the window was going to end. And in an all-new saga of Marvel Universe, as you know it, if you've never seen it before, from Tom Taylor and Ivan uh, Kielo. Uh, so, Alex... I, the, didn't know, I didn't know Tom Taylor was going to do that, so I'm definitely getting that now. Is this his... Oh. He's, he's done a other Marvel stuff, is he not? I thought he was doing another Marvel book right now anyway. What's he... Uh, I'm not sure which one, but he did uh, Superior Iron Man a long time ago. Um, is it, I, I think part of it is that I, when I had picked this book, I, it was Tom Taylor himself that got me super stoked for it. And all I could hear in the background was Garrett cheering and being excited for the fact that he wrote Injustice so well. So I imagine this book being a Elseworld book, not in continuity, would be up his wheelhouse of either having to kill people off as needed or tell the story that he wants to tell, and that's what I want. I want something that is hopefully semi-original, not bullet points where everyone teamed up to go. It's happened uh, every other issue. And Alex, books. as you know, it's going to be an all-new saga Marvel Universe as you've never seen it before. So I, I, I know Right there. I, I, you know what? My skeptical me uh, called you bullshit. You are on fucking board. With, by the way, Marvel, well, doing it. Marvel also today released like this event timeline. Did you guys see that? Mm-mm. No. Uh, let me pull it up here for you. Um, it literally, I just saw it half the wire before I came on here, so I didn't have much time to investigate it. Uh, and uh, it looks like, uh, I'm going to say, can't find it right now. I'll find it in two seconds here. But it it, it had um, basically what I would like to say is um, a timeline for six months, I think it looked like. And uh, literally not one thing on there made me want to read. Uh, they're doing... Uh, um, <laughs> you're probably going to laugh at this, but here we go. Okay, here it is. Marvel Comics events, uh, December 2021, which is in a couple uh, months here. They're going to do Devil's Reign. I don't know. What, by the way, any all this stuff here, I don't know what it is. I don't know if they announced all this or if it was just like they made a picture. Uh, but all I see is a picture. Oh, here it is. Devil's Reign, a crossover event by... Zdarsky with Marco Chetetto, which will put Mayor, Mayor Fisk versus the Marvel heroes, it states. Um, is that all the information I get? Yeah, I think that's all the information I get. Okay. 
So that's coming in December, which actually I'm excited for that. I initially, when I said Devil's Reign, I was like, they're getting some sort of Mephisto Spider-Man thing going on here again. And I was not interested. I am interested now in that. Okay, so I take that back, take back my assessment. Avengers Forever, also December 2021. A uh, new series by Jason Aaron and Aaron Cooter uh, will redefine the Avengers as the multiverse's mightiest heroes. So instead of just being the uh, Earth's mightiest heroes, they'll be the multiverse's mightiest heroes. Uh, this will have to sell me more than what it that means. Because Jason Aaron's been doing Avengers for the longest time now. And uh, I don't know. I just can't really do it. But we'll see, I guess, how that works out. Uh, Timeless. Uh, is going to be an event-wide uh, uh, event that takes place. And here's the weird thing: it says December 2021, and it says Devil's Reign, Avengers Forever, and then it's and then it says Timeless, and then it says January 2022, and there's some more events next to it. So I don't know where this falls in place. I guess between those two months, uh, Timeless will be Jed McKay, Kev Walker, Joe Bennett, and Mark Bagley. And it sets up the future of the Marvel Universe with Kang. So it's a Kang event. Obviously, you got to tie that in, baby. Uh, you know, they, they love their synergy over there. So, uh, you know what? Joe Bennett, though. Might have to check out. Great artist. That seems like, that's kind of funny how Mar- Marvel's like, hey, let's do like one event running into another event. Or like, what if we do like six events at the same time? You remember when events only took place like once a year? Yeah, I miss that. And it usually was like a summer the line thing. At two ninety nine. I forgot about that. That never happened. Mm. Two months of that, and then we went back to jack the price up. Screw everyone. Um, I used to have a poster that said that you got it in the comic book. Uh, but obviously it, it got lost just like that uh, mentality. Uh, so Timeless, after Timeless is done in January 2022, we're going to have two events at the same time. I mean, we'll, this is going to make you guys excited because one is called the X Lives of Wolverine uh, and the other one is called the X Deaths of Wolverine. Uh, and it is two interlocking tales by Ben Percy, Joshua Casera, and Federico Venesini uh, in the tradition of House of X and Power of X. What happens to Wolverine when he's, his future self meets his past self? Okay, I do like Ben Percy. So, that gets me interested. But if it's anything like the return of Wolverine, it's not going to be great. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm interested to see it and hear more about it. But as of one, part of it's that's still like four months away, five months away. Who gives a shit? For the record, Wolverine dies all the time. He just happens to heal back from it, so who cares? Uh, the next one I don't think is an event. It's just like a book coming out, but they have it on this this calendar. She-Hulk. She-Hulk uh, will be Rainbow, Wow, and Rogue Antonio uh, telling a story of She-Hulk. Uh, and then I'm going to say uh, there's something. There's an event. We'll come back to it. That's right before February. But in February, Moon Girl and the Devil Dinosaur, which they've tried to launch a few times. Uh, Luana Lafayette uh, is back with her 20-foot dinosaur. Um, hold up a second here. This does not list a team. It says top secret team. I don't know what that means. So uh, I guess they didn't announce the team for that book. I don't know why you would keep it a secret unless it's somebody huge. Uh, we'll be writing that book, so we'll get back to that when we find more of that out. But here's the another. Here's the early 2002 uh, excuse me, uh, 2022 
2022? 2022. Yeah, 2022. Why does that sound weird? I don't know. Um, is going to be called Fantastic Four Reckoning War by uh, Dan Slott and Char- uh, Carlos Pacheto and Rachel Slott. Rachel? Hold up a second. Is that his wife or his daughter? Um, an epic saga or 15 years of the making. The original Secret War. <laughs> I know, that's where I'm at too. I'm just like, geez, Marvel, like, why don't you focus on the next event and promote that? By the like way, 12 in a row. I was going to say, none of these except for Devil's Reign. Um, and that's based on the preceding Daredevil series. Uh, uh, none of these really are. Even that X Lives Wolverine, you're like, oh, I like Ben Percy. But I think even the concept kind of lands flat, doesn't it? His future self meets his past self. And it's just like, all right. I feel like you've like, done that. And before. we've done that before. Yeah. It's because you've done Like, that. what the hell? I mean, we got to do it in Hickman's universe. So. I wonder what like, who the Moon Girl writer and artist could be that they have to keep it top secret. That also means that, that it's a name. They're not going to hide it and then you're going to be like, oh, who is that? So it has to be a name. But um, Bendis is back. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, if we're good, lucky, we maybe it'd be Kelly Thompson. Uh, well, let's talk about something that is exciting. Geiger, Geiger, number six, Jeff Johns, Gary Frank, Brad Anderson, end of a story arc. Um, excited to see the finale of this story. Uh, enjoyed the last issue and I'm excited to see where this adventure. You know what? It's weird is that when this started, I was like, Jeff Johns, it kind of feels like a Jeff Johns story like normal beats. So I don't know whether or not I thought it was great, but also I like it, it, it kind of touched that ground of being like, I don't know if this is going to be new enough to keep me interested, but I actually enjoy the way that they've told that story. So, um, but especially Gary Frank, you can get wrong. Gary Frank. Hart. So, uh, excited to see where that goes. That's the last issue of the story arc. And, uh, I wonder if that means, cause we know Jeff Johns, I wonder if that means that number seven is going to be like in, in he's going to take a break because he likes his breaks. Uh, Geiger number seven, not announced yet. So um, that means they won't be out for the next three months at least. So, <laughs> so I was right. He's taking a break, but he didn't nice. ever, he, he didn't announce anything. So there you go. Enjoy that one while you can. Uh, might be the only, um, uh, the final issue of Geiger that you'll read. So it's very possible. <laughs> How long remember that gap in in, in a Doomsday Clock? How long that thing lasted like four years, didn't it? It took two years because it went from like it released in a May and went through that year's Christmas and got finished on the following Christmas. And that so thing was planned ahead of time. For what, eight yeah. issues? Twelve issues? So I imagine this ongoing. Who knows what's gonna happen with that? So um but you know, Alex, you know by the way, here's the thing. I like to imagine um <clears throat> that Alex goes out into the wild. I'm not even talking about outside of his house. He walks into a, a wooded area, maybe a ravine, you know, maybe a little pond, and he takes a little piece of dirt, rubs it between his fingers, takes a piece of grass. And smells it under his nose. And then he just looks up at the sky and gargles the air like water. And he senses whether or not uh, we're going to get some rain or what the weather's going to be like. So, Alex, tell us. What's the weather going to be like? 
You know, the, the thing is that all the words you just said are right on the nose. Every morning at 5 a.m., I do walk into a wooded area. I bend over, touch some grass, rub it in my fingers, take a sniff. I look to the sky, gargle that air, and I can see and sense what is coming, whether it's snow, rain, what have you, sunlight, it's coming. Uh, this week, you know what? We had some wicked rain in the past weekend. This coming week, uh, you know what? I can sense the rain is coming. My uh, my right ankle's a little stiff, got some arthritis coming into it. Um, I look outside, I take that big deep breath, and it's coming. Can't tell you when, but it's, it's coming. And now here's Ollie Williams with the Blackie Weather Forecast. Ollie? It's going to rain! That's Gary. That's Alex. <laughs> Every time I call him off, I'm like, Alex, uh, how's the weather going to be like? He's it's like, sideways! Sounds rough, Ollie. Do you have an um- <laughs> It's going to rain! So, it's going to rain. To be fair, remember that one time he's like, it's going to rain. And I was like, dude, there's no rain in the forecast. And then we had, we had rain. So, yeah. Uh, the man is uh, not only a prophet of weather, he is a man of nature. So, uh, as... I saw him outside with, uh, he somehow, get this scared, he somehow took an animal of the wild and had him domesticated and was walking him. You hear me? Crazy. I don't know how this is possible. Man has never domesticated any kind of animal. And yet this guy here was not only doing that, but he also was to have a piece of technology up to his ear speaking with somebody and he didn't have to pay attention to the dog. The dog, it stayed with him. That's this man. I don't know. You could uh, hold flip phones and uh, walk dogs at the same time. Listen, when you have <laughs> the sensibilities that he has, <laughs> you can. You can. It was not a flip phone. Uh, here we go. Just like to imagine old man Alex out there keeping the flip phone alive. You get my cane out then so I can walk down the street and not fall down so much. That's the Focus Forecast brought to you by RaymondComicsAndCards.com. Go there for all your definitive needs in comic books, uh, comic goods, and comic collectibles, uh, board games, whatever you know, whatever your heart desires, it'll be there. Uh, you know what, Alex? Say you're thirsty. Well, Mono Mountain Dew. I guarantee you it's probably around that area. So uh, go in there, grab Mountain Dew, and then you can... Uh, uh, obviously, Alex, you know the rule. Don't open it and then go look at the comics, because what could happen? You know what I do? I buy the dew. I drink it outside, away from the building, just in case. I go back inside. I clean my hands. I dry them thoroughly. Not on paper, but with the blow dryer. And then I wander over to the books, dry my hands again on my shirt, just to be sure they're dry. Alex doesn't even want to open that can inside in case somebody shook it and it explodes. So, have the same kind of courtesy as the nature boy over here, so. You know what I say? Woo! <laughs> <laughs> uh, Echo Lands number one, our first review for tonight. It is coming to us from J.H. Williams III and uh, um, W. A. Hayden Blackman. Before we get into the actual context, or the contents of this uh, comic book, I do have a couple of words about uh, uh, this format of this book, and something else, too. Um, <clears throat> um, uh, digitally, the fucking hardest book I ever had to read. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what, this book was made for print. Um, it's fucking hard to read digitally. And then I tried to pull it up on my computer to read it there on a bigger screen. But I guess uh, Comixology on the computer 
just not put the HD copies on there. They put the SD. And this book, uh, and usually I don't even, I never noticed that, uh, that it looks worse. Except for this book, because you have to zoom in so much to each panel, because there's so much going on. And uh, I, you could tell. I, I couldn't basically read anything. So I had to go back to my phone, and I eventually finished it. Um, but it was not an enjoyable experience on, on digital uh, to read this book. And it might it, this is the first time that I will be like, I don't think this book is made to be read digitally. Like, it literally is a matter of enjoying it and not enjoying it. Um, but, I mean, we'll get into the actual contact contents of, of the story and the art and stuff like that. Uh, and then at the end, I just wanted to say he has a playlist of the Sounds of Creation, J.H. Uh, Williams III's music playlist while he was working on the art for this book. And he it's literally one, two, two pages. Four pages. Oh, oh, yeah. I guess it's double double pages. So it is four pages. You're right. Um, of the books that are oh, the books, the music he listened to while he was doing this art. Did you guys notice these aren't songs? This guy, he's listening to albums. He listened to four pages of albums while drawing this art. Because I, I was going to look at this and be like, oh, I could pick something from here to play for the intro of the show. Because you usually like to find something that kind of ties in. And I was like, these are all albums. And he's literally putting like the literal version that he listened to. Remastered vinyl for a five-year box set. Remastered vinyl. And I was double vinyl, like whatever one he listened to. And I was like, but, but what blew me away was that these are all albums, four pages of albums. And it really does show he took that amount of time in this art because even though I knew what to expect from his Batwoman uh, and other books that he's done, I think this might be the most detailed J.H. Williams, the third book I've ever seen. This was so busy. There's a lot. When I turned the page, it was so busy with art. I mean, it looked fantastic, but it was so busy. So much stuff going on. Yeah, I, I, I had the same struggle you did, Marv, uh, reading this uh, landscape uh, digitally. Um, I ended up just like stop doing the panel by panel and doing what you did and zoom in uh, where I could. Yeah. Um, but I, I would agree with that too, Alex. Like, I, I think the art looked great. And the story was easy to follow, like, if you're following just hope. But, I don't know, yeah, it seemed very busy. Like, at first I thought, like, oh, is this going to be a book that uh, is kind of like, uh, oh, what's the one that we read with all the fairy tale creatures? Uh, I can't think of it. Fables. Fables. Because, like, on that first panel where she's going through the village, like, there's a bunch of, like, cameos. Like, you see Sandman in the background. You see, like, uh, or, like... Not Sandman, but uh, well, yeah, Sandman. You see him away in the way background. You see some other like cartoon characters and stuff. And so I'm like, is this supposed to be like a all kind of creatures in one world thing? And then it turned into something different. So I thought it was it was an interesting first issue. Um, if the caliber of art wasn't there, uh, I don't know if I would get issue two. But I I, I liked issue one enough that I'd probably. Keep it it's, if it's very action packed, right? Um, uh, the first issue, and I kind of like. Let me know whether or not it was my reading experience, or if it actually was your guys' same experience. Alex, you read this in print, right? Correct. Let me know if this is your experience too. Did it seem like we were not told exactly what's one hundred percent going on right now, which is kind of more like a ride through this first issue? 
Well, we we fall into the the realm of she's already busy running away from the the cops or whatever, and she tells you that she fell into the red. Yeah, I, which I imagine had to be like getting red in your ledger. She killed some people. Well, then she does well, kill I don't those know. people. I was like, confused because of Animal Man. I thought maybe she fell into the red, which is the thing over there. The green, the red, the, the, the rot. So I'm not sure. everybody. Yeah. But a part of it, so as reading it physically, it was fantastic because this was like, this was the nicest cover I had ever seen. And instead of doing the landscape where you, it's stapled the normal way, it was actually stapled the long way. So instead of hoping holding the book vertical, you held it horizontal, but read it horizontally. It was fantastic. Oh, I see. So what you for mean. someone who, <clears throat> so yeah. when I got it, I mean, I should show it to you, but it's like holding your book the long way, or when I don't yeah. know what the right way. Is no, I know what you mean. It, it's kind of like uh, almost like a flip book. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, like, it's like stapled a, on a the book. on the side, and it opens that way. But it's supposed to be like basically, as you stated, it's two horizontal pages across instead of being up and down. As a lot of comics Correct. used to do, Mary, it used to be print. It used to be printed exactly like a normal comic, but you would read it the other way. Where this is probably, and that's the way it came across in the digital version that it was made that way. Um, but the any kind of screens aren't made for that kind of viewing, or at least Comicsology hasn't really gotten to a place where it's made that type of viewing. Because why would it? It's literally the first comic li- like that I've seen like this. Um, like you would need two screens to see this thing, like like how, as it was meant to be seen. Um, well, that's the, thing. the panels are long. Like when you read a normal book, so a normal comic book that makes you have to turn it sideways. The panels are still shorter and they fit the page correctly. This one was drawn for the pages to be long and length, like long and screenshots, so that you could see the whole environment. So you could see all those cameos. Like for someone reading it. In person, it was fantastic. Well, that's what, what I was going to say. What an exciting way to read it. I feel like I might have to go in and buy this if it's still available. That's the only thing with, with print, and that's kind of the way, kind of the reason why I kind of went away from print was that I'm not kind of the kind of person that, uh, or I used to be. Now it's different. Now I work at home. But I used to be the kind of person that really couldn't go and get my comics the day of, um, and by the time I would go get it, some of them would be gone, and, and some of them I would, you know, I would still ask them to hold it, but every once in a while, you know, you only get a certain amount of copies, uh, and you have to play that kind of game to wait for a reprint. And with this show, it's kind of hard to do. Anyways, but that's the only danger is I can go in and then be, they'd be like, oh, we're sold out with this. Um, and I don't really think, I think maybe for the very first time on this show, I don't think I'm going to be able to, I'll say art-wise, fantastic. Um, but I don't know if I was able to pay attention to the story because of I couldn't really read it. I'm gonna have to reread it because I honestly felt like I was more struggling trying to read it than actually reading it. If that makes sense. Yeah, I can get that, and maybe you know you don't feel so bad for the guy. I mean, I guess I read that in print, uh, Batman issue five of New Fifty Two, because I hated that issue and you guys loved it. So. And- <laughs> uh, that was also landscape format. So uh, that one was one where though where you're going insane with Batman. So as you read it regularly, then you had to turn the page, then you're upside down, then you're backwards. I will say I that there's the a, best issue ever made. I will say that, that four page spread of their heads exploding when she uh, activates the red or whatever she's trying to do there. 
uh, that is beautiful, uh, even though it is disgusting. But I mean, like that four-page spread uh, is something that I guess it would depend on where you're going to put it. I was yada yada yada, but that's, that's something to put up in in uh, fucking our house or something like that. Um, and it reminded me really of uh, a scanner. So when his head explodes, uh, I got three people's heads exploding, which I. I, I'm, I'm thinking that these cops that you were talking about, Alex, with the arrows, the red arrows and wearing black, they look very yep. Nazi-esque. I think they're supposed to be like Nazis in this, whatever this world is. Uh, instead of uh, swastika, they got arrows pointing up. Um, they're going after uh, Red Riding Hood or Red... Uh, she, she's not called Red, is she? What's her name? Hope. No, her name's Hope. Hope. Uh, she has the red or she got lost in the red. And then her uh, buddy there um good old uh uh hagrid uh with an axe uh core <laughs> helping her yeah core um i enjoyed like looking at this book and like i i if i were just to like look at this and read the story via art uh it's a very fun book i really did enjoy what i saw but uh dialogue wise i don't know if i could really once again because of the struggle uh it was kind of hard for me to figure out dialogue wise what was going on but I enjoyed it enough where I could say, even though I'm not going to give it a, a, a rating because I feel like I need to wait and actually read read it, um, I am going to recommend it. If that makes sense. I would I would give it an eight. I I didn't have as hard a time I think reading it than you did, Marv. But I uh, where I think furthered it is I thought the villain was really cool, and we got to learn more about like kind of the emperor equivalent um in that interview did you guys read the back matter of the issue so okay so this this book so both the books that we read this week had back matter that i didn't know whether or not it was part of the story or if it was uh actually just back matter so we got the echo the mess the magazine for the open-minded in which there was an interview with uh terrell's uh demon and alias five so is that part of the comic or is that like a different thing? I, I th- it's part of the comic because I'm pretty sure that guy was the one that was hologramming into the evil chick at the end. Hmm. So and I definitely recommend reading The it. part with the alien, that's part of the comic. Yes, like the girl that's in the cloak that like... Looks like an alien. The last page is her, like, got all her skin blown off, and, like, she's coming towards uh, Hope, like, ha-ha, I also have magic, blah, 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 clipping. No, not that one. Like, two pages later. It's like a oh, crystal the, ball. Yeah, that's like the, I don't know if that's a joke or whatnot, but I have no <laughs> idea on that part. But I don't know little... if that leads into the interview. Yeah. Or what, so. In the end that part I with the ads, and then that... Here we here we ego comic is that part of it? <laughs> I have no idea. It literally the back, the back matter confused me more than the, trying to actually read it. Um, I didn't know like what was part of the story and what was not. Um, the afterwards is that what you're talking about that you read, Garrett? No. By the way, just the interview, just the interview. Oh, okay. The, the actual the thing that's part of the comic. Yeah, I think that's part of the cop. Okay. I did read the afterwards also, but it was just them thanking a bunch of people so and saying that they've been waiting forever to make this story. Anyways, um, uh, Alex, what do you think of this book? I'm going to give it a nine. I enjoyed it a lot. And I, again, being the physical reader of it made it that much more exciting. So 
I wouldn't give it a 10, but it really got me excited for what's next. I'm excited to go back and I think with the uh, time crunch of trying to review it out of the way and if I can actually just sit down and like go through it, I think I actually will like it. Because like I said, uh, um, I was more frustrated trying to read, zooming in this motherfucker, trying to read what was saying. Uh, it'd be like, where's this fucking dialogue bubble? Especially at the beginning. Uh, Garrett, uh, at least on my computer, uh, the beginning where it has that paragraph of text. If I zoom yep. into that motherfucker, it's blurry as hell. Um, and I think it's just because on the computer, uh, Comicsology does not do HD, and so uh, I'm gonna have to read this on my phone fully, and not have a a, a, a tainted experience between both formats. So um, mm-hmm. I did enjoy what I saw though. So here we go. That Texas Blood, uh, Chris Cotton and Jacob Phillips, number nine. Back, we're back in our story. Actually, we do we're jumping back and forth between 1981 and present day. Uh, Eversol about the case of the missing child uh, and the, also the child who was murdered, her brother and brother and sister. Um, and then in the future, we have Joe uh, Bob, Joe Bobby, um, uh, telling the story to uh, what's her name. Naya, Naya. and kind of like relive basically he's telling her the story but then when it comes back to them he's kind of telling him his theory of why he's telling her the story so actually while reading this issue I can't I can actually kind of had to pause myself at the end and kind of look back and be like do I give this a pass because anytime somebody's telling a story like that and it flashes back to me I always find that as as a weak way to tell a story because you have somebody to basically doing exposition and literally telling a story to tell a story, right? Um, but the parts when we do go back to present day, I do find it that they kind of don't really show him telling the story or explaining the story. He's more explaining what he thinks it means and his feelings about it and stuff like that. So actually, I was like, okay, actually, I do enjoy the way this is being told. Um, and especially there's that two-page uh, spread where he's like, yeah, we ate right over here. Uh, we interviewed that guy, the investigator. Um, and that page where it goes from modern day to 1981 within that two page spread, fantastic. Uh, what were you saying? Oh, well, I say, yeah. It was what was great for me is I did not know I didn't, I hadn't read issue eight yet. So, like, I was going to issue nine. I was like, oh, wait a second. I haven't read issue eight yet. So I got three, eight, nine back to back. You know what? I'm talking about issue eight. Same with me. I didn't realize that I missed an issue. I had it, but I never read it. And I went back and read it. That that two-page spread I'm talking about was issue eight. Yeah, that was issue eight. Because like, the end of issue eight is them getting to the house. Yeah, that starts issue correct. Nine. They are going to the house based on some evidence that they heard to see whether or not that guy actually kidnapped that little girl. They show up. And the uh, woman that the investigator is looking for that he also thinks that that person kidnapped is actually there and they're together. And so uh, the sheriff at the time and young Joe Bob uh, leave being like basically that guy who like wasted our time. And he's like, you better be uh, you better be um, you better hope that little girl's still alive. Because you just wasted our time. You wasted a day for us. So, Alex, what do you think about this book? I don't even know if I read number eight. We didn't review it on the show, so that's 
I don't think I remember easy. it. So, I mean, I liked the issue. I wasn't even confused what was going on. Issue, yeah, I but... think they did a good job of, like, introducing that Harlan guy at the end of issue seven. I mean, he's literally there for two pages, but they had that letter and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I don't think, I mean, it, I, it is obviously worth going back to read, but. Issue... I mean, I'll go back and read, but. Weirdly enough, my stack out in my my not in my office even is ridiculously huge because you know what I don't read on my own anymore apparently. <laughs> so I probably just skipped it. And there's probably about three hundred books sitting out there. So in, in issue eight, basically, Eversol's trying to convince them that that guy is guilty, and he's working on this other case. And he that guy moved from California to Texas, and he wants them to go look at it. And, and they're basically like, "We got no evidence. We can't do it." And then issue eight ends with them getting evidence and going there uh, in the beginning of issue 9. That's what we see. So actually, uh, to your point, uh, Alex, issue 8, uh, stuff does happen, but not enough where it seems like a huge jump. Um, and I think that's why I started 9 right away, and then I was like, wait a second. By the way, that is one god set of digital. I know I missed an issue, right? right? Before, I remember back in the day when you had physical, I used to be like, did I read the last one? And my memory's horrible, unlike you guys. And so I would like I could literally have just read the last one the day before and I'd be like, did I read it? And and I would not remember. So, um, but I knew I had missed it and um, I read it. And that one had a lot of back matter too that was relevant to the story. And this one he had a little interview uh, from EQ Magazine. Uh, there's a post-it note that was over some of it, so you can't read all of it. Um, but uh, I this it, the first issue. Or the first arc of this series was a very almost Breaking Bad kind of justified ass story where nothing really, you know, supernatural was going on or very sinister. No evil, I'll say. It was definitely criminal, but I don't know about evil. Uh, this storyline is almost like true detective in a way. Uh, and uh, we're dealing with some evil juju in this thing. And that's what it, Joe Bob is saying in the future. He's like, I think this land is evil. And that's why so much bad stuff is happening here. Um, it's a very interesting kind of uh, take on this story because it was very grounded in the first one. And it's still grounded, but it's grounded in a way with like what do people, you know, believe in and what drives them to act inhuman uh, and what will they get themselves lost into. Um, yeah, I mean, this was an absolute joy to read. I mean. It really is hitting that true crime, uh, you know, itch for like comic books, you know, that we obviously aren't getting from criminal. Like, could you imagine if like criminals coming out at the same time as this? We'd like explode because so much good yeah. crime stories were coming out. But I, th- I really was excited that I got to read two issues uh, instead of just one. And the story is just so rich. And like, I love the art. Um it just makes me want to watch like more detective shows or like read more true crime. Cause it's just like, I know it's obviously not real, but it plays like it's so real. And like in a time where this could actually happen. And I think Joe Bob is the perfect character to be kind of the protagonist that like or narrator of the story. And like this, yeah, I like your comparison to like, you know, first arc, yeah, like the breaking Badish story like this is like, Shit, it's so good. It's like it does feel like True Detective, and I feel like we're about it's to almost see some crazy shit. Like the first one was Breaking Bad esque in terms of we're dealing with criminals who want material gain, and in the second arc, we're dealing with people who have 
you can't reason with, right? We're dealing with the true detectives. We're dealing with the Zodiac. We're dealing with somebody who, um, you know, we're dealing with like Man- Manson. Um, we're dealing with people who do not have reason because of what they believe in. And in that interview at the end, when we're talking about Tewellman, and he's like, fuck your society free. You think you're free? You're dead is what you are. You don't fucking know it. Soon, very soon, there's going to be another world coming, man. One that will cleanse our world of sin and rot. That's what we've uh, let take over. And damn it, man, I can't wait till it does. And then everybody's like, I think we're done here. But like the the mentality of somebody to have that kind of mindset and be out there causing harm to others, it's like you can't reason with that shit. Like that, that man is already, he's thinking he's helping with the cleansing. And... I think that's what makes this most intriguing. And what makes those kind of cases intriguing is that these people, um, it, it, you know, some of them do believe they're bullshit and some of them just use it as an excuse to uh, pray evil on the world. And um, it's very interesting to see, like you stated, Joe Bob interact with both things because for him, that first arc was like, holy shit, like I can't do this anymore. Am I too old for this? And then he kind of kicks back and remembers in 1981 when he went through this, which I, you know, one could argue is probably more traumatizing uh, when you're dealing with this kind of person. And that's initially how we started the story was he was told, go back and relive that and see what you've been through and see how you can pull through this and continue. Um, and so far, at least uh, this story, I feel like is more the epitome of what evil humans can do. Uh, and it's definitely not going to be a, a, a bright story. It's going to be a very dark story. Um, by the way, also, uh, that Texas blood, um, uh, Condon does put together a playlist of music that is actually songs for every issue. And the, um, song he had for the ending of this issue, I wanted to play as our intro song, but I have already had done that a while back. Uh, but I did find it very interesting because this song might be, Top 10, top five creepiest songs ever. And I really do actually enjoy listening to the song because it actually is a good song. But you know when you hear this song in the movie or uh, it comes on that it's not going to be uh, a good. There you go, hurdy gurdy, man. Um, I'm gonna give this issue a nine. I thought it was really strong, and I'm really liking where the arc's going. So, I'm I'm ten, baby, like all the way. Like, love this pick of the week. Look forward to it every time it comes out, and like the story just gets better and better each time an issue comes out. Gotta go with the nine. I really enjoyed what I read, but guess what? Can't I don't know what happened to number eight, even though Marvin did tell me. Uh, I gotta I gotta diss this one because I screwed up on the first one. Hmm. Like, you know what, Alex? Since you you fucked this up, guess who's gonna visit your house? The hurting motherfucker. <laughs> um, by the way, that this his uh, uh, playlist for this comic goes from that 
to this. Um, I also I like it's weird because it, like the way that it's put together is like I'm trying to figure out which issue goes with because it, it's like that Texas Blood issue seven through twelve he has up here already, and then also I feel like it's kind of spoilers if I listen to the last song right here because that obviously is the last issue. Um, can't do it. So I did not even look down there. Uh, spoilers. So uh, that's comic books. Oh wait, we got one more here. What's it? We're doing a little uh, book club, right? Yep, Wednesday Comics League of Extraordinary Gentle People proudly present uh, the new X Men by Grant Morrison and Frank Whiteley. Uh, we left the last issue with Cassandra Nova uh, excited because she got uh, Trask or at least a uh, um, a relative of Trask to gain control of the Sentinels. Uh, and turns out in this issue, she was buying time just to replicate him, and now she has uh, the Sentinels under her power. Um, what do you guys think of this issue? Um, Nova's fucked up. Uh, I mean, obviously she has the sent- Sentinels murder thousands of people. Um, so that was a pretty shocking conclusion to this issue. Sorry, went there right away. But otherwise, again, I'm still loving the Cyclops, uh, Logan buddy cop. Like, I think that's so much fun. Like, I totally dig that. It's weird seeing Scott so uh, Ugly John, or Pigface is what they called him halfway through the book, um, gets captured by Nova, and she tortures him by electrocuting him through the Sentinel headspace. And when Cyclops shows up and Wolverine says, you know, Ugly John is suffering, he laser beams him to death. I get he's doing him a mercy kill. But I would never imagine Scott would ever have done that kind of deed of putting someone out of their misery. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Too far gone. And he's like, for the love of God, the kid's dying in agony. And he's like, John, Steve, I'm so sorry. I know there's more <laughs> than just the world. Deep breath. Don't be scared. Look into my eyes. It's just like, you don't want to hear Cyclops say that. Look into my eyes. Because uh, you're fucked. By the way, you do- my favorite my favorite thing, and this is like a logistics thing, Cyclops does Cyclops doesn't just wear the visor; he has ruby red lenses for contacts, just in case. That's what I was gonna say. What did you think of the contacts? That's what I was about to say. Fan fucking tastic. <laughs> the best thing that that book has done has logistics for a character that I thought after he his visor shatters, I thought, oh my god, what's he gonna do to walk around? And uh, when he holds the two in his fingers, going, I've got these ruby red contacts as just in case. Uh, I had to take them out, so now I'm blind. And laser beam is drawn. I mean, intentionally. Uh, Awesome. And he does when um, he is in front of Logan and Cassandra, he does say, like, I am blind, but uh, make no mistake. I know where the fuck you are, so don't try anything. Um, and I, but like you was saying, like their kind of relationship and how Logan is kind of, you know what it is actually, Alex, you know what this relationship is? What? Riggs and Murtaugh. 100%. Holy shit. We got Riggs being Logan. We got Murtaugh. He's too old for this shit. Uh, Cyclops. And, uh, it works out. Um, meanwhile, like you stated, Garrett, uh, Nova is sending the Sentinels to, uh, uh, Genosha. 
to uh, kill some mutants. The ocean that I mean, the the island that Magneto has as, as a safe haven for uh, mutants. And uh, um, uh, Emma Frost is teaching class. And uh, um, all of a sudden, uh, adios. A bunch of people are getting blown up. Um, it is a very, and it, can, it almost ends that way. We see where uh, Charles is like looking at the island and he's like, extermination event is underway. He's like, the population is falling and they show like 16 million and then it's like 11 million, eight, 800,000. 763 it's just like holy shit they went from 60 i don't know i'm not laughing that it's it's funny but i do find it funny that it went from 16 million to 763 within probably what three four seconds uh and that's like the devastation that she's having on the island and as you stated you're like she's not fucking around a lot of these bad guys that we see especially in modern day comics like they uh definitely put the uh, the plan out there and there's always delayed so that nothing really big happens and the heroes get them before it actually happens. Like it, it happens in her kind of book. Uh, she did not tell anybody anything and she went straight and just, just killed literally um, over uh, 16 million people. Um, the only problem that I, the only struggle I have with now is that I'm looking at the X-Men that exist here and now is that no one's permanently dead ever. So all this, I mean, this at the time is mind-blowing. I mean, to have eradicated 99.9% of all mutants that lived on Genosha, uh, she's a fucking monster. Isn't that kind of sick, though, that, like, Hickman's, like, programmed us to be like, they're fine, they just get to regenerate, but then you're like, wait, this was, like, years before that came out. And, and half the reason why... Ten years ago, at least. If, we're, yeah. if we want to compare it to Hickman... Uh, is run where Charles basically is like, I've seen the future and we lose every time unless we fight back. And a perfect example, like in this one here, if they don't, going back to my Breaking Brad reference, if they keep doing half measures, they're never going to succeed and they're always going to be eradicated. So like, and that's what turns them in that book to be like, fuck it, we'll, I'll bring them all back. Like I'll download the consciousness and we'll keep coming back if you guys want to fuck around. Like I'm tired of us constantly almost on the brink of extinction uh and we're gonna make it that we're the majority on this planet which was never xavier's kind of goal he was always the goal of being equals on and living in peace and but then in house of x power of x their goal became to be the majority on the planet and to be a powerhouse uh and you can kind of see like this here from the past uh um 2001 where it is another example of them almost at near extinction because of them not really being as bad as Cassandra's going to be. So, by the way, what do you think about Cassandra putting her arm through uh, a chest and then through his fucking face? Her hands? That's fucked up. Um, She's scary. Like, I don't... Hey, so the only thing that confuses me is, like, doesn't she have mutant powers? She is... I think she's, like, uh, same as Xavier. As telepathic abilities. Yeah. How does she shove her hand through his face? But also she stated that um, uh, it's taking me 10 hours to read and copy the 3 billion base letters in your DNA sequence. So now I'm done with you. And, Crazy. Uh, so she must have some other kind of powers too. Hmm. Anyways, I really like this issue a lot um, in terms of uh, 
like it's weird reading this also because it's like obviously 20 years old and it is a superhero comic from 20 years ago so it is a different kind of style i feel like it definitely feels like an ex like a more mature x-men cartoon in a way, if I want to say that, like it's very comic booky, uh, and I think modern day comic books try to be more realistic in a way. Uh, but then again, once again, it is also Grant Morrison, so like there's also that mixed in with it. But in context of this kind of story, I find this issue uh, to be uh, a nice one-two punch with that first issue we had. The first issue, as I said, it was a lot of setup. You remember that my review of that? I was like, there's a lot of setup in this issue, but I feel like it's going to go somewhere. And right away, issue two. Like, I feel like now it was setup, catalyst, and now we're going to see the uh, uh, retaliation in issue three. So uh, I really like this issue a lot. And for me, it was really fun, and I thought it was a 10. Uh, I'd go uh, nine. I go nine. Like, I, I thought it was a strong issue. I think it played to the strengths of Graham Morrison, Frank Whiteley. Um, yeah, I was super, I was really shocked throughout the entire issue, all that happened. Um, I do like an X-Men where there isn't the safety net of being able to be regenerated. So, uh, it's kind of nice having that, uh, back into play and it kind of makes the story a little more like on the edge kind of last life kind of business. So, uh, yeah, nine. By the way, I will say uh, not to just give it a caveat, but I did read this right after I read, uh, Echo Lands, and so it was easier to read, and that might have added to my little bit of my enjoyment. So, I I have to give it a ten because the logistics are there when you wear red ruby contacts. <laughs> but that's the best thing I've read in comics in a while, where it actually makes sense, and it's ten perfect. And, it and when you find out how much of a monster Nova really is, um, I can't wait for the team to beat the shit out of her. And thirdly, uh, quietly fixed the face art for Phoenix. She he actually did, looked yes. really good in this book. So. He did, uh, and I noticed Emma Frost doesn't not doesn't look uh, old either. So he must have finally figured it out. Um, and plus, you got Cassandra to kind of look at too, so you know that yeah, he's he's got enough room to pretend uh, make her old. So um, I was gonna say also like the uh, the mention that. It took her 10 hours to copy history billion uh, DNA sequence, base d- DNA sequence. Like, even something small as that, that makes the power feel real that it took that amount of time. And she, like, was doing that while buying time with him. And it's, it's shit like that that makes Grant such a fantastic writer is that, like, that adds a little bit of credibility to her kind of powers. Rather than just being like, oh, I just copied your DNA. And then you're like, okay, like, uh, I don't know, even though... It would make her very powerful to do that, to be like, I just copied it. It also makes it less credible, I feel like. So I do like that. It, that's what basically why the first issue was her explaining a lot of shit because she was buying time to copy his DNA. So uh, he, it's not like I said, a lot of set up and it paid off. So uh, fantastic. I suppose she can waste as much time as she wants because he's not going to survive anyway when she tells him the plot. So And the X-Men didn't even know really anything was going on until it was too late. So. Um, good. There we go. X Men, the new X Men, Grant Morrison, Frank Whiteley. Uh, that text is Blood number nine, Echo Lance number one. Uh, and some comics coming out for next week. So check all that out. Uh, WednesdayComics.com is a website. WednesdayComics605 at gmail.com is the email address. 605 215 1849 or go to 
WednesdayComics.com and click on the message button to send us a message. Uh, you can also go to WednesdayComics.com. Uh, and when you're there, you can click on a little button that says website. Uh, even though, you know, you, you're like, oh, my WednesdayComics.com, that's the website. Well, that link actually will take you to our merch page. Uh, and on that merch page, uh, I believe, let me double check before I say anything. At the time of this record, uh, I believe there is a sale coming up for Labor Day. Uh, and uh, let me get this details for you here uh, to see what percentage we will you will be uh, saving on this. Uh, while I look that up here, uh, Garrett, uh, can you tell a little bit about our sponsor, our sponsor uh, RootsOfTheSwampThing.com? Uh, Roots of the Swamp thing. I mean, I, I don't memorize the saying like Marvin does, but if you're looking for the best resource for anything you could ever think about that you want to know about Swamp Thing, go to RootsOfTheSwampThing.com. Uh, you know, your source for the green. You got, uh, John Boylan there, uh, running the house. Uh, he's got a fanzine going on. It's on issue six, I believe, six or seven. You know what? He's giving them out. For free, almost ten dollars. Yeah, ten dollars. Snatch them up. Yeah, the the amount of work and heart that goes into that book, ten dollars is a steal. So definitely recommend that for everybody. And uh, yeah, King of the Green, uh, loving the Swamp Thing book right now. So that's good too. And there you go, Roots of the Swamp Thing, Swamp Thing Swamp Thing dot com. You know, Roots of the Swamp Thing. Right, you got black. You, nice. got, you got black swan out there, and uh, that's the uh, take of that story. Uh, also, remember RimComicsAndCards.com. Go there for anything comic book related. Uh, but here's the sale: if you go to WednesdayComics.com and click on the website link to go to our merch page, uh, September second through the sixth, we're running a sale, thirty five percent off, thirty five percent off. So you got a little Labor Day, a little bit. Uh, leading up to Labor Day, uh, sale, 35% off get. You know what, Alex? Let me take a look at this website. It's summer's coming up here. We got the new Wednesday Comics logo here. It looks very um, uh, Miami Vice-ish. It's it's uh, the end of summer. Excuse me. Summer's already gone. I literally thought it was May uh, for a second there, um, which is probably why I, I kind of heard you laugh a little bit. Be like, summer's coming up. What the fuck are you talking about? Um, but you know what? Fall's coming up is what I meant to say. Get yourself a fucking hoodie. All right? looks fantastic here. You can get yourself a charcoal heather, a black, a red, uh, a nice little navy, uh, royal blue, vintage heather, or charcoal heather, as I stated before. So $45 for that shirt, but 35% off. 35% off of that. You know what? You basically might as well, once again, just like John Boylan, we might as well be just giving them away. 35% off. You think we, you think we make above cost on that thing? Looking at T Public right now, going, which shirt do I need to buy? So, there you go. Roots of Swamp Thing.com was the thing I talked about before, but this is uh, WednesdayComics.com and click on the website to uh, look at our merch page there. Make sure where you're there, subscribe to the show. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Spotify. Let's see, there's some other ones on here Breaker, Castbox, uh, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public. Wherever you listen to comic books, we got it, baby. We're there, you know? Uh, uh, Amazon podcast, Audible, we're on both things. So, uh, oh, actually, uh, uh, yeah, we are on both things. I did, uh, put us on there. So, you know, listen to the show, tell your friends about the show. Uh, let them know that, uh, Garrett and Alex are tied at the Halloween games and let them know that, uh, they both, 
uh, are don't not very knowledgeable in their horror movies because they're both scaredy cats. So um, Garrett won both of them, by the way. Woo! We're two thought, to zero. You sure? I thought you won the first one. No, I no no, I lost. Hmm. Like always. All right. It's okay, man. You're a winner in our hearts. Thank you. <laughs> so nice. You know what? Uh, uh, there is. Uh, in October, um, the week before Halloween, I am taking a little vacation, and so we'll have to find something for that time slot. We might have to watch a horror movie, do a little commentary. Ooh. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to find the scariest goddamn movie we can watch. God damn it, why? And uh, we're watching The Dark. Perfect. Warning, if one of you touches my leg, I'm going to break your hand. <laughs> in the dark, where the evil comes, where, the, where he comes out of the grave. My name is Marvin. I'm Alex. I'm Garrett. Hey, everyone. Keep turning those pages. Throw like a star my eyes, I see by open my eyes to take a peek. To find that I was behind the scene, gazing.